Hi again. Another Tuesday has arrived. I'm once again sitting in my kitchen in the evening. It's eight o'clock and I want to tell you another exciting story. I believe many of you have heard of this infamous man. I would dare to say that he is a man belonging to Russian crime classics. I'm talking about uh, Andrei Romanovich Chikatilo. He is one of uh, Russian's most famous serial killers. So there is nice thick uh, snow outside, nice winter and we take a comfortable position, wrap ourselves in a warm blanket and start. It is June 1982 in the Soviet Union in a city called Rostov. Rostov is located about uh, 40 kilometers from the Sea of Azov and about 100 kilometers from the Ukrainian border from the Luhansk region, which is relatively familiar to us now. A casual walker discovers the body of a 13-year-old girl at the edge of the forest. The girl's body is covered with cuts. She has been raped and her eyes have been gouged out. In the same year, three more bodies are found in that town, and the militia begins to suspect that it may be a serial killer. Because they were all young girls, they were found either near train or bus stations, somewhere in the bushes, and often the victims had some part of their body cut off, eyes cold out. What exactly the serial killer did to his victims I'll talk about later. But first, the police suspects two versions, either a person with satanic tendencies or the second version, an organ mafia. Because trafficking in human organs is also a real issue, even at that time it was already there. This is often done on the black market and very large sums of money are offered for human organs. This series of murders was initially kept uh, secret by the militia. It was the Soviet Union and such crimes simply did not happen in the Soviet Union. Serial killers and malicious people were somewhere in capitalist countries. But if a person lives in communism, he will not come uh, to an idea to harm another person. However, the militia dealt with the matter very intensively. During the investigation, a total of over 500,000 people are checked, and a blood sample is taken from over 1,600,000 people. So this person was very wanted. One day, a policeman is walking by a remote railway station, and suddenly he notices a man coming out of the forest. The man's uh, clothes are covered in blood and mud, and he is quite dirty. A cut can also be seen on his finger. The militia sees that he is about to wash himself under one of the local taps. This matter seems a bit suspicious to the militiaman. He approaches the man and asks him uh, to show his document. The, office, the official registers that it is Andrei Chikatilo. He is uh, 54 years old, he has two children, and he is even already a grandfather, and on top of that, he is also a member of the Communist Party. And of course, this is such a strong argument that even if this situation seemed very suspicious, because by that time it was already known that a serial killer was on the move, murdering near bus stops and train stations, but as soon as the official saw that the man was a member of the Communist Party, then it was such an argument that the militia thought 
that he could only be a good man and let Andrei go. Andrei takes the next uh, train that comes and leaves. 24 hours later, a corpse is found in the forest where Andrei came out the day before. Luckily, the militia officer had written a report on Andrei and written down information about him. And the information about him was received. And since then, Chikatila will be monitored by the police and even by the KGB. His every move is being watched. He cannot be taken into custody immediately because there is no physical evidence against him. But uh, luck was that in uh, 1981 Gorbachev came to power and then freedom of the press was expanded a bit. This means that the press was also allowed to write about the crimes of Chikatilo and warn people in advance. A lot of information work was also done in schools because many of the victims of Chikatilo were young girls and boys. Nine year pass. November 20, 1980, uh, 1990, Chikatilo is uh, sitting at the bus stop and notices a young boy. He approaches the boy and uh, starts talking to him. Come with me, I have imported chewing gum, beer. But at the same time, he is under militia surveillance. He is watched by as many as three officials and as soon as he starts walking away from the bus stop with the boy, he is taken into custody. The process against Chikatilo begins uh, one and a half years later in April 1992 and it lasts a total of six months. Chikatilo killed and raped a total of uh, 53 children and women. In many cases, he not only killed these people, but he also ate them. He got off body parts uh, from them. After the death of his victims, he also had intercourse with them. That is, he was a cannibal, a necrophiliac, a pedophile. And it was so horrible that in some cases, after killing people, in some cases while his victims were still alive, he would tear off the lips of his victims with his teeth, for example, and ate them. Some women had their breasts bitten off, nipples. He did all these atrocities in a total of 12 years from 1978 to 1990. On average, he killed four people a year. And I can't tell all these victims and stories here in this podcast, but I will mention some of them. But before I start talking about this huge trial, how they got Chikatila to talk in the first place, and how they got Chikatila to confess, Let's see who this Chikatilo is and how he became such a vicious killer. Of course, the reasons must be sought from childhood as well as in case of Chikatilo. In his case, not only his family problems and childhood relationships played a role, but another very big disaster was added that was going uh, on at the time of his birth. And it was the Holomador. Andrei Chikatilo was born on October 16, 1936, in the Sumo region of the Ukrainian USSR. Sumo is located in the northeastern Ukraine, and it borders Russia in both the north and east. Because of Stalin's policy, the Holodomor had started in 1930. Uh, it means the systematic starvation 
of people by the Soviet Russia and sending them to death because of it. Chikatilo was born at a time when the Holodomor was rampant and at the same time cannibalism was spreading. Because if a person has nothing to eat, then at some point in the greatest trouble he will start eating another person. His mother told him, for example, that his older brother Stepan had been kidnapped and eaten by starving neighbors before Andrei was born. There is no solid evidence whether this actually happened, but Chikatilo's mother told him this story relatively often, and it uh, stuck in his mind forever, and it affected him throughout his life. Chikatilo had um, vision problems since childhood, his eyes were very weak, and he was obeyed better until he was 12 years old. Unfortunately, he was often beaten by his mother. At the same time, he slept for a very long time in his parents' bed. His father is not at home very much. I will talk about that right away. He slept in his mother's bed for a very long time because he was afraid of all kinds of monsters, witches and wolves, who he thinks will come and eat the children. His mother and sister very often humiliated him for bedwetting, made fun of him. For example, when he had uh, peed again at night, they took a wet bed sheet and threw it on the table. It is uh, humiliating and such a thing should not be done to a child, because it won't help anyway. He was uh, visually impaired and this also made him insecure. He was so modest uh, that he never stood up for himself. At the same time, he was very hardworking. He was good at school, also a little distracted. For example, he often forgot his ink pot and notebook at home and his pen. He never dared to borrow anything from his fellow students because he was very shy. And he was interested in communism from early childhood. When the Second World War broke out, Andrei was about three years old. His father was fighting in the, uh, in the Red Army, uh, that's why he wasn't at home very much. In 1941, when the Germans invaded Ukraine, his father was captured by the Germans. Chikatilo's mother gave birth to a daughter in 1943. But who is her father is questionable because her husband had already been in prison for a long time at the time of conception. He had not been at home and it was speculated that what probably happened was that Chikatilo's mother was raped by German soldiers. Chikatilo has said that he had to, that he had to witness the act. The atrocities of the war, which are also happening in the real life in Ukraine, this time, not by German soldiers, but by Russian soldiers. Uh, there are also many articles about them published uh, in newspapers. The trauma that comes from there is the trauma of several human generations. And once as a child, Chikatilo secretly watched with other children as German soldiers shot Ukrainians one by one. The soldiers had dug a big grave and suddenly the German soldiers noticed these children. The children started running and the soldiers started shooting and the, at the children. 
Chikatilo falls on his head so unluckily during the escape that he gets a very big and severe head injury and loses consciousness. The German soldiers think the boy is dead and throw him into a mass grave with the other dead. After a while, the Chikatilo came to his senses, but he was so scared that he did not dare to come out of the grave at first and he spent half the night there until he got over the shock. And only when he was absolutely sure that the German soldiers had left and were not coming back, did he dare to come out of that grave and go home. In later assessments, assessments this event has been very significant in his life and plays a big role in who he eventually became. In 1946, a new famine broke out in the Soviet Union. At that time, Andrei is only 10 years old, and their family also had very difficult times, and Andrei was also very hungry. He does not dare to leave the house at that time, because he is afraid that people will eat him. Young Andrei repeatedly witnessed bombings, shootings, and other atrocities during the German occupation and uh, corpses on the street were a completely normal everyday life for him. As he grew older, he realized that he was impotent. It also plays a very big role in his life. His uh, stimulus and arousal threshold was so high that, combined with the chronic erectile dysfunction, it made normal intercourse almost impossible for him. This made his relationships with women difficult. He lived in a small village, and since everyone knew everyone there, it was talked about semi-publicly of him as impotent, and of course that is not very pleasant. After the war, Chikatilo's father was condemned as a deserter and had to spend years in a labor camp because he had not died for his country, but he was fully alive. Chikatilo's sister later described their mother as harsh, unforgiving and called their father as a kind man. Chikatilo's father had a reputation as a traitor, and to make up for it, Chikatilo later eagerly tried to serve the Soviet Union. He applied to study law at Moscow University, but did not get in. After that, he went to the Ural Nizhny Tagil for two years, worked there on large construction sites, also attended engineering lectures and wrote patriotic articles in newspapers. He joined the, the Communist Party of the Soviet Union and was also recruited as a police informer. After military service in 1957 till 1960, part of which he spent as a communications engineer, he returned to his home village. There he fell in love with a young woman who was recently divorced, but since their sexual relations were always unsuccessful, the village got word of mouth and eventually the whole village knew about it and Chikatilo was made fun of. There was speculation that Chikatilo might have been gay. Chikatilo became depressed and tried to hang himself. But at the last moment his mother came home and found him, when he already had a rope around his neck and saved his life. After that, Chikatilo left 
his homeland and he moved to Russia, Rostov, where he found a job as a communications engineer. And it was about um, 250 kilometers from his hometown, this uh, Ukrainian home. His mother and sister soon followed. Through his uh, sister, he met his future wife. It was in 1963. Chikotilo was 28 years old and they got married. His wife accepted his erectile dysfunction, didn't make a big deal out of it, and uh, Chikotilo liked it very much. In uh, 1965, they had a daughter, and four years later, in 1969, they had a son. In 1965, Chikatilo began to study Russian language and literature, engineering and Marxism-Leninism at Rostov University, and he also graduated from this university in 1917. At the age of uh, 34, Chikatilo starts working as a teacher of Russian language and physical education in a private school and he hopes that now, finally, he will get the recognition from people that he has longed for all his life. But instead, the, he experiences humiliation at school too. Students don't take him seriously and make fun of him. Students don't listen to him. He is not an authority. They smoked in his glasses. Chikatilo gets very angry and it comes out especially when he sees couples in love at school. It seems completely unfair to him that how is it possible that I, a great intellectual who went to university, am completely impotent and these young people are fine. He can no longer control himself at school and he starts doing very strange things. For example, peeking at girls, how girls and also boys change their clothes. He masturbates in his classroom. Once he leaves a girl after the glasses and beats her with a ruler until he gets an erection. In 1973, there is a swimming lesson at school and he grabs a 15-year-old student's breasts and genitals underwater. The girl starts screaming and calling for help and uh, this excites the Chikatilo so much that he doesn't let go of the girl until he gets an erection. This is followed by uh, several uh, more sexual assaults on his students which all remain unpunished, without consequences. Everyone in the school knew about it but the school didn't want any bad reputation. That's why everything was kept silent at first. At that time, the Chikatilo notices that this control over the children excites him, and then at that moment he has an erection. And uh, he also notices that children are easier to, co to control than adults. However, in 1974, director goes to Chikatilo and offers that Chikatilo maybe would like to voluntarily leave the school because all the incidents have long reached to him and consequently some final limit was crossed which he no longer tolerated and that's what Chikatilo does he leaves the, he leaves the school there and of course goes to work at another school he goes to a school 80 kilometers away from Rostov and continues to act as a teacher there in exactly the same way, because there was no sharing of information between schools at that time. He sexually molests children there. He buys a 
dilapidated house there in 1978, where he begins to live a double life. His wife knew nothing of this house. He initially brought homeless, drunken girls into the house and had a plan to sexually exploit them for his own erections. But he soon notices that they do not excite him. When he is 42 years old, he meets a girl, nine years old, Yelena, and at the bus stop. He offers the girl a chewing gum and says, come with me, I have a chewing gum at home. At that time, chewing gum was a big thing. Since girl found the Chikatilo trustworthy, she went with the man. As soon as the girl enters the house and Chikatilo closes the door behind him, she becomes afraid and screams. Chikatilo is very scared because he is afraid that his neighbors might hear something. He tries to silence the girl somehow and begins to strangle her. When the girl is unconscious, he also stabs her, rapes the girl. When Chikatilo is done with all this, he has got his erection. Then he puts on the girl's clothes, takes her to a nearby river and throws her into the river with her saddlebag. After a few days, the girl's body is found in the river there. And during the search, blood is also found near Chikatilo's house. And Chikatilo's house was relatively close to the place where it was found. The police are checking all of Chikatilo's documents, but there is no further investigation because he is not suspected of such acts. Because firstly, he has no criminal record, and secondly, he is a member of the party. A father and a husband, a teacher, and such a person does not kill a child. Instead, a 20-year-old man who had previously been in prison for rape was taken under the microscope. And even though he had a solid al alibi from his wife that he was at home on the day the girl disappeared, the police put pressure on his family so much that uh, this wife withdraws the alibi. And Alexander is taken into custody and is properly tortured during interrogation as long as he owns up to the act he didn't do. He is sentenced to death. In 1983, the death penalty was implemented. Now it was that after Chikatilo had committed this murder and had gotten an erection, he was so tired that he slept for the rest of the day after the murder. He could sleep for 24 hours straight. Alexander was not the only one who had to suffer because of the actions of Chikatilo. There were many of uh, other men who were under so much pressure due to the false accusation that they even committed suicide. Chikatilo did not have um, uh, 53 victims because he operated not only in Russia but also in the fraternal republics. The next murder by Chikatilo took place two years later. After the first kill, Chikatilo was ashamed of his act. He felt guilt. He said he never wanted to do anything like that again, but he could only hold back for two years. In 1981, Chikatilo loses his job due to sexual abuse of children. It won't be long before he finds a new job, and his new job is a warehouse manager in a Rostov factory.
and it involves a lot of business travel throughout the entire Soviet Union, where he goes all alone. In 1981, Chikatilo finds a new victim. His, sectum, his second victim is a 17-year-old, Larissa. In the same way, he meets Larissa at a bus stop, where he suggests that uh, we go for a walk by the river. But Chikatilo smoothly led her to a grove, and there he tried to have intercourse with the girl. <coughs> but because he was impotent, the girl started making fun of him. Chikatilo would become vicious, and that the girl became afraid of him. But he, the fear of his victims was what he liked. It excited him. He started beating the girl, stuffing soil in her mouth, so that she would shut up and that no one would hear her scream. He bites off the girl's nipple, and when the girl is dead, Chikatilo feels so good that he dances naked around the corpse. He met the next victim in the same way on the street. He stabs his victim and cuts out her eyes. As time goes on, he became more daring. His murders become more brutal. He doesn't pick places anymore. He kills people even on his business trips in such faraway countries as Uzbekistan. Bites of nipples, lips and other soft body parts from living victims and he ate them all in order to reach the desired erection. On female victims, he cuts open the bellies and removes the uterus and eats it. According to him, it was a nice pink, stretchy snack. This is the time when, according to him, he only got an orgasm then he killed his victim. So the fact that he just uh, humiliates her and sees that the victim is afraid of him didn't help anymore but it was necessary to kill the victim for an erection. Between 1981 and 1990, he attracted children, young women and men aged uh, 9 to 45. And as I've said many times, he's always brutal. The murders are preceded by rape and he abuses them after their death. In male victims, he cuts off the genitals, tongues, and eats the human flesh. And finally, on top of all that, he stabs his victims with uh, uh, 33 to 55 stab wounds. In uh, 1984, Chikatilo was arrested in Rostov for having sex with a prostitute in public. Vaseline ropes and knives were found in his suitcase. After interrogation, Chikatilo is released because he's a good and inconspicuous citizen. By then, he had already killed 23 people. A blood sample is also taken from him, but it got lost for some reason, because quite a lot of blood was found on the victims and uh, the police actually had the blood of the Chikatilo if they hadn't lost the blood sample they would have been able to arrest him already in 1984 and would not be able to commit at least half of his murders. In any case, in 1984 things are already so far that the police are completely clueless and they don't know what to do because the murders keep coming and they don't know who it is. And for a while the evacuation of the entire city was even considered to find the murderer.
More than 300 militia officers patrolled all railway lines in Rostov. In 1984 is a significant year for the Chikatilo. It was the year when he killed the most people, that is 15. It will take the militia another six long years to catch him. In November 1990 he was caught. I already told that story. In March 1989 Chikatilo kills its 41st victim. This is 16-year-old Tatiana. Chikatilo killed her in his daughter's apartment. This apartment was empty after his daughter divorced her husband. Tatiana got drunk and Chikatilo stabbed her to death using an ordinary kitchen knife. He cut off the girl's head, arms and legs. He wrapped the body parts in rags and newspapers and took her to the wasteland in a sled borrowed from a neighbor. The body was found on March 9. 1989. Of course, you ask how his wife didn't understand anything. His wife uh, sees that Chikatilo sometimes has dirty, bloody clothes, but he explained to his wife the excessive dirt and blood on his clothes with work, that his superiors tell him to climb everywhere, and that's how he gets dirty and injured from time to time. It made sense to his wife. She was also a simple woman. On November 6, 1990, the Chikatilo kills his last victim. The murder of 22-year-old Svetlana takes place in a forest near a station. Chikatilo cuts off body parts from the girl's corpse, some of which he eats on the spot. After that, he covers the dead body with soil and leaves, and leaves from the crime scene. Two weeks later, he is arrested after 12 years of atrocities. When he was arrested, of course, his home was also searched and 23 knives were found in his apartment. A hammer, a pair of boots, a trace of which was also found near one of the bodies. His wife refused to believe that her so kind and trustworthy husband was a killer. When he was taken into custody, at first he didn't say anything, he didn't confess these actions. He wasn't silly, he knew that the police had no concrete evidence of guilt. But then a psychiatrist, Alexander Buhanovsky, was sent to Chikatilo, and with his help the police get a confession from Chikatilo. After communicating with Alexander, Chikatilo confessed to 36 murders that were already known and plus another 17, which the police had not linked to Chikatilo at all by that time. Chikatilo is willing to show the police how he killed his victims with the help of dolls. He described all the emotions, all the screams of the victims, how much blood there was, how painful it was, and he enjoyed it all. He was a true sadist. When he was in court, he has to sit in a cage, and uh, this is to protect him from the anger of all the relatives of the victims who were killed, because there was a very high potential for anger. Chikatilo is shouted at, insulted, and Chikatilo pretends to be an innocent lamb as if he were a victim. In front of the judge, there are 222 large folders full of evidence. 
And finally, when the six-month trial is over, it takes two days to read his accusation. In court, Chikatilo is also given the opportunity to speak and he describes himself there as a man whose genitals were stolen. He says that both his eyes and his genitals have been stolen from him. And because of uh, his impotence, he had been sexually frustrated throughout his life. And this eventually led to murder. Although he did not want to kill at all, according to himself, he just lost control of himself. He said something about himself, that he was a mistake of nature, and after two hours of speaking, he also did a play. He yelled at the judge, pulled down his pants, showed his bare ass, then uh, he was looking around like some kind of crazy. But experts say that uh, with these actions, Chikatilo hoped that he would be declared insane, and that he would escape the death penalty. According to experts, he is a completely sane person. The prosecution describes him as the most calculating killer of all time. In 1992, Rostov District Court sentences Chikatilo to triple death penalty and 86 years in prison. Triple death penalty because he had killed not only in Russia but also in Uzbekistan and Ukraine and he had a separate death penalty for each country. Chikatilo accepts the verdict without saying a word. Before the execution was carried out, there was a last meeting between Chikatilo and his wife. Chikatilo's wife's life was no longer easy either. She was fired immediately when it was found out that she was Chikatilo's wife. She had worked in the kindergarten where she was a manager. She took back her maiden name to get some of the attention of her. She moved to another city and ended up working in a local market and took care of her daughter's, daughter's children. Just before his death sentence, Chikatilo says his last words. And now my brain must be taken apart and studied so that no one like me will ever be born. On February 15, 1994, 56-year-old Chikatilo was taken to Novocherkask prison. He is blindfolded and kneeling. The officer holds the gun and pulls the trigger. Chikatilo dies from, dies from a shot behind the right ear. Rumor has it that he did not die instantly from that one shot. And it was considered whether to give one more shot, but within a few minutes he died. A former FBI profiler says about Chikatilo that he did not want to accept that he was a bad person. Let's also briefly talk about the son of Chikatilo. Chikatilo's son Yuri unfortunately followed in his father's footsteps. He also became a criminal. He went to prison for fraud, extortion, kidnapping and rape. And in April 2009 he was arrested in Ukraine for attempted murder after he attacked the companion in the car stabbing him several times in the stomach. I could not find any information about his daughter but she had ended her relationship with her father relatively early. There had been some incident between Chikatilo and his grandchild. Chikatilo had tried to sexually abuse his grandchild for or physical abuse. 
That's the story today and see you in two weeks.